brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to a very special version of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. And if you are a part of our social media platforms, you've seen it by now. Tommy Palmer lost his battle with cancer and he passed away on Thursday. So our esteemed producer, Sean Powers, came up with the idea of reintroducing the Football Fridays podcast that we did late spring where Tommy and I just kind of got to sit down and talk. And one of the things that meant the most to him was the time that he got to spend every Friday night talking to everyone across the state of Georgia about high school football on the high school football scoreboard show. And he had to step away. He made that decision after a great deal of thought. And so the first question that I asked him back then when we caught it for the first time was about that particular topic. When you get right down to it, John, you can't do this forever. Ed, Ed Pilcher and I had decided years ago that we would always be the lifers that we would continue to do and uh, until we died. But uh, Friday nights uh, had just gotten to the point to where uh, it, 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 it had gotten to be a little bit of a job, and I never, ever wanted it to be that. I did 15 years, and I said, you know, it's time for somebody else to take over, and it really is because I started this when I was a junior in high school. That a boy. I, I did. I really did. And I, I love my work. I, I started in high school, uh, graduated from high school, and then started writing for newspapers. And in 1981, I went into television, and you opened some doors for me, which I certainly appreciate. And uh, uh, the rest is history. When you total it all together, I've been doing this 60 years. 60 years is a long, long time, and I'm really not that old. Well, yeah, I mean, you said that you started uh, the the high school scoreboard show back when you were a junior in high school, so now that you're the age of 33. No. Well, that's a, that's a little bit of a stretch, but uh, nonetheless, the, the, high school, the high school football scoreboard show, I began in 2005 after – I guess Jeff Davis began the show or started the show, yep. and uh, he started it and did it for a while. Edgar Tregitz did it, or Tregitz did it for a while, and they came along and said, "Tommy, would you take it over?" And I said, "Yes, I will." And and greatly, uh, you know, I, I was uh, I was happy to take the show over. And hopefully I've done it justice through the years for the past 15 years. And I know that a lot of folks uh, are keeping an eye on you through social media. How are you? And I know that's a question that I get a lot. And a lot of folks that I run into want me to give you their love and their best. But the first question that I have is, how are you right now? I am fine. I am under hospice care. But when you say hospice, it just scares people to death. Right. And, you know, that's not a good thing. I don't want it to scare people. Because I have as long as God will allow me to to, to be here. And, and that's all I'm looking for. You know, uh, I don't want to overshoot the date or undershoot the date. Uh, I, I'm going to be here as long as, as, as I can be here. So uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to do my blogs. I'm going to continue to do the podcast. And I'm going to continue to do Tommy's Take. I'm just not going to work as as hard as I have in the past, I'm going to be as diligent and I'm going to have as much information as I've ever had, but 
someone else will be doing the scoreboard show. And I knew that when I started in 2005, I couldn't last forever. So uh, I, I've done my best and I've run the race. I've had a wonderful time and whoever takes over, whether it be Jay or whether it be, you know, anybody else. And there are several out there that would love to be doing the show. And, you know, I, I'd love to be sitting back on Friday night and fall asleep listening to the show. <laughs> so that's the way it's going to be from here on out. So that's the way it is, John. All right. Now, for those that uh, haven't picked this up yet, and I'm going to give a subtle plug, they need to grab Daisy Boys Club. And yeah. it was a, a book that has a, a lot of your heart and soul and history in it. What it was does. it like piecing that together as you look back on it now and look back on those days? Well, I wish I had done a better job of promoting it because, you know, after I die, it's going to be a bestseller. That's the sad part about it. I won't get to enjoy the fruits of that labor. And if anybody says, oh, I'm going to write a book, you know, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. A book is very hard to write, especially, and and you, you, I think you've done five or six. Yeah, five working on six, and it is a jigsaw puzzle, brother. It, it is not a day at the beach, is it, John? No. <laughs> it, it it's a labor a... of love, but it is piecing together one of the largest jigsaw puzzles that you have ever found. And it is like a life-size jigsaw puzzle that you got to do. Well, I'm going to be doing blogs from this point forward, and I'm going to do personal Palmer blogs. And it actually will end up being book two of the Daisy Boys Club. Nice. Uh, it may happen after I'm gone, but... Uh, that's just the way I have, have got it planned at this point right now. Uh, I'll reveal a lot of stuff as, as I go through some things here as we head down the home stretch, as I call it. But uh, it'll, be the, it'll be the last chapter of the Daisy Boys Club, and there will be two books out there. Uh, book one, which is The Daisy Boys Club, and then I have not titled the, the, uh, the, the new you know, number two, but uh, I will in plenty of time. So you'll know that there is a difference and you won't buy two of one or, you know, one of those stupid situations. So that's the way I'm going to do it. What was the first high school game that you ever went to? What was the first high school game I ever went to? Yeah, the first ever high school football game that you ever went to. Was it one you played in, or did you go into one before that? Oh, no. Oh, no. I went to a Claxton Statesboro game when I was uh, 10 years old, and it was a hoot. I'm telling you, uh, Statesboro beat Claxton 44 to nothing. Uh, and then the next year, Claxton, believe it or not, came back and beat Statesboro 26 to 19. Go figure. I mean, it, 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 it was amazing. But I was at 11. I went to a state championship game, and Claxton beat, or Claxton got beat by Rome or East Rome, one of those Rome schools, 14 to 7 or 14 to nothing uh, when I was very, very small. And, boy, you're talking about some crowds out for a high school football game. They had some tremendous players back in those days. And, and that's where my love came from, John. It, uh, I, I was 10 when I saw my first game. So uh, I was 11 when I saw my first championship game and just, you know, loved it, loved it, just fell in love with it. And I said, I want to do this the rest of my life. And God has blessed me with that opportunity. 
What has it been like to see the sport grow from those first couple of games when you were 10 and 11 to where it is now? What's it been like to see the sport evolve to where it is? Most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. The changes have just been unbelievable. Offenses are unreal now. Defenses are real. Everything is so sophisticated. Coaches did not walk around with pieces of paper and look down and see what they were going to call next back when I was 10 and 11 because I was very observant. I wanted to see what coaches were doing. And if truth be known, I wanted to be a football coach rather than a football broadcaster. It just kind of happenstance, if, 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 if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that I got to be where I'm supposed to be. Who was the first coach that stuck with you? Oh, uh, gosh. Because if you're sitting there and you're looking at coaches on the sidelines when you're 10 and 11 years old and you're sitting there and, and looking at them and how they're, how they're coaching, who was the first coach that really made an impression on you? Uh, Noah Ryder, because he wouldn't let me play in the spring. <laughs> and but the amazing part was he wouldn't let me he wouldn't give me an opportunity in the spring of my sophomore year and I thought I was good enough to play and we got a new coach that came to town by the name of Dexter Poss and I was in the starting lineup the next year so uh we showed him <laughs> no I, and I love coach Ryder he was a great guy just a super nice guy and I can't I can't uh, say anything negative about anybody. But uh, Dexter Poss saw a lot more in me than I saw in me. And he gave me the opportunity, and I appreciate that. Never forget it. Learned a lot about life. Learned a lot about football, John. And at the same time, you know, you had the right Baysmores. And then after Coach Baysmore, it was it was Hyder, and you had Bonnell Royal. I mean, who else in – in that particular section of the state were the coaches that you kept your eyes on? Well, you, you had coaches that, like, like you said, uh, Bonwell Royal, you had Wright Baysmore, you had Nick Hyder, you had name coaches who stayed at places for 10 to 20 years. There was none of this uh, three years and getting fired. You know, they kind of lived through everything. And uh, you you greatly admired those guys because if you look around the Georgia Hall of Fame, you'll see a bunch of coaches who have done 20 years at one school and 25 years at one school. And that's unheard of today. You just don't see it anymore, John. And the reason is everybody wants a quick fix to everything anymore. And that's just a Tommy Palmer opinion. And I, I hope that doesn't offend anybody. There are no quick fixes in this world. Uh, have we had a quick fix to what's going on right now? Absolutely not. Been hammering away at it for about five or six months. And uh, I don't know how much progress we've made, but I will say this. You know, uh, when it comes to high school football, you're not going to build an empire in three years. It just doesn't happen. When you look at your particular footprint, what has it been like? You sit there and you see Statesboro grow. You've seen Claxton grow and compete. Toombs County doing the same thing. And, you know, Vidalia, all these communities, the Savannah area. What have been some of your right. takeaways? What have been some of your takeaways? Well, my takeaway is that on a given year, anybody can be really, really good. Uh, if, if, you know, you may start out 0-3 uh, in, in one of these areas here. 
But if the things fall properly and the kids believe in what you're doing and they buy into what you're doing, you know, you could have a very good year. Take a look at what Metter did last year. They scared the daylights out of everybody. And uh, Metter was in their second year, I think, uh, with a with a brand new coach who just did a super job, and, and right now you go through Metter, they're going to tell you everything's better in Metter. Mm-hmm. They like it over there with what's happening, and you're in a particular region where we used to call it the Black and Blue League because you had Bradville Institute, Glenville, Reedsville, uh, Tombs. It was really Lions, Vidalia, uh, Southeast Bullock, Waynesboro. Uh, that that was the region. I mean, you know, Jenkins County and and places like that. You just let me tell you something. You played through some some tough times back then, and and I'm glad to see them going back to uh, not a, a complete redrawing of the the regions, but you know, a, a few changes that will will make the big difference, John. What have been some of your favorite championship games that you've got to cover? Oh. Gosh, the one with uh, where I met you guys, uh, you and Janakio. What was his name, Jim? Yeah, the yeah, the, the last game of the open air press box at the Concrete Palace. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was it. I guess that was it. Uh, enjoyed that one. Uh, I, I, it may have been a semifinal, and if I'm wrong, somebody will call me out. You know, everybody <laughs> always does, but it's okay. I saw George Rogers play. Uh, Lions uh, in the pit back years ago, standing up on the side, and it was literally a pit that George Rogers put on a show that night against Lions, and and what a great high school football game that was. I've been to a lot of high school football uh, championship games, but I tell you what, I got an education when I started broadcasting them and and doing them on TV, John. You, You guys do the work. Holy smokes. You guys do the work. You really do. When it, hey, I'm one of the guys. Yeah, you are. I was going to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, I mean, you know, when you look at, at championships, and you know, I think that we can sit there and look at the ones that we've covered, and each will have a, a specific memory because of, uh, you know, the, the North Gwinnett Lounge game where oh what a what a great game what a great game where we were in the concrete palace and you know how like when you're in uh, a severe thunderstorm warning or a tornado warning and you're watching tv and they have the outline of that box or the rectangle of the area that is the warning area right i was just hoping to hold on to the concrete and we were the warning area we were the warning area let me tell you something brother uh that's the first time I've ever really been scared uh, at a high school really? football game because there was nobody there that could help you. They were they were hiding themselves, and I don't mean that as far as the GHSA staff. Everybody was running for cover, and you remember that, John. That was just something. Well, here here's the thing with, with me in that particular game, and this is kind of pulling back the curtain on TV a little bit. We get through the the open of the show, and we knew that the rain was coming. And right. we get through the show open, and we go to commercial just before kickoff. There was no rain happening during the, the show intro. We go to commercial. Right. The skies absolutely open up. 
Right. And then it's just a monsoon. It is sideways. It is grass. I don't know how Greg Reed scored on that long touchdown run to beginning uh, to begin the game. But I, but I lost. I, I literally had to throw away a pair of pants because of all of the rain and the mud. Right. And uh, I, that outfit just had to go right into the garbage after that particular game. And that was uh, yeah. that was it was fun for a bunch of different reasons. But yeah, get right through the open, go to commercial. Monsoon happens, and so that was the well, that was a fun one. It was a fun one, and I, ru- I ruined two pairs of shoes. I literally <laughs> did. Uh, because, I mean, it literally, the, the rain and the water came up to my knees, and we were all fighting to get in the cars and get back to Waycross, where the GHSA had put us up nice. And, I, you know, I got to meet every member of uh, uh, the Godfather Club that night, and I got up the next morning and drove home, and I said, you know, this is just I said, something is not right. And what the problem was, was my seat, my driver's seat (laughs) on my car was still soaked from the night before. That was the problem. What are some of your favorite stadiums to go watch games in? And it it could be stuff from the modern day. It could be stuff that no longer exists. What were some of your favorite places to watch games? Uh, Love to watch games. My all-time favorite, and, you know, people don't want to hear it, but my all-time favorite was the Georgia Dome. I really I had an affinity. I, had, I guess it's because my first real TV game was done there. I like that. I like the pit in Lions. It's just very unique, and if you've not, if you've not gone and seen the pit, you, you really need to just take a look at it. Wait till mid-season because I'm sure it's a little warm early in the year in, in August if, if they're playing at home during that particular time. But there's some great old stadiums. You know, I, I, can't, I can't not include uh, the Pecan Grove because it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful stadium. And a lot of people won't understand this, but a few will. Uh, it's it's a runner's track, and let me tell you something. If you got a good running back, you can make some hay there on a Friday night. You mentioned George Rogers. Who are some of the the other athletes that you like to see in high school? I'm going to tell you, just like every time I speak at an athletic event, people ask me, "said What's the best athletic event you've ever seen in your life?" And they expect me to give some football answer. But my best athletic event I've ever seen in my life was. Herschel Walker in the Statesboro Relays back in Herschel's senior year. You have never seen a performance like that. I've heard he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. 100, 220, anchored the four. Uh, I think he high jumped, long jumped, did everything that day. But uh, the man is impressive, and I would certainly not have to. I wouldn't want to run a 100-yard dash against him now. Um, even today, Mm-mm. greatest athletic performance I've ever seen in my life at the Statesboro Relays. And there were probably, believe it or not, John, three or 4,000 people. Uh, well, I imagine the, the entire town of Wrightsville and Johnson County came up to come watch. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. And most of Statesboro stayed to watch, too. It was not like <laughs> one of these runaway events, trust me, you know. All right, so we talk coaches, we talk players, we talk games, we talk stadiums. If you could, if if you were in charge of high school football for a day, 
You were king for a day. Okay. What would you change? What would I change? Is there anything about the rules, about players? Is there anything about the game itself? What would you change if you could? What if I could? Yeah. What would I change? Or is it perfect as it is? No, it's not perfect. Uh, it, it has it has improved uh, probably over time. Okay. So what would you do for OT? Uh First team wins. Oh, so sudden death, basically, make it and uh, no, 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 uh, no fair ups or anything. Nope, nope, nope. Just uh, if if you lose the toss of the coin, guess what? You've lost the toss of a coin. First team that scores win, and if you can't kick a field goal, you don't need to be piddling around down there, you know, trying to win a football game late. So uh, my, my feeling is the best team should have already won anyway. Why are we doing overtime? I know that sounds terrible, but it's the way I feel, you know. Yeah. Um, I love you, my friend. I love you too, bud. Love you too. So that was the interview that I did with Tommy Palmer back in uh, late May, early June, that aired here at uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting. And my request of all of you, after having listened to that conversation, is that not just on this football Friday, but on every football Friday going forward. Just continue to represent your team, your town, your community, your school as best you can. Enjoy the experiences, enjoy being a part of those football Fridays and continue to show that joy that Tommy got to talk about from one end of the state to the other every single Friday night. And now that is my charge and I have someone looking over my shoulder to keep me in line every football Friday. For our esteemed producer, Sean Powers, for everyone here at Georgia Public Broadcasting and GPB Sports, thanks for accessing us however you do so on a football Friday. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you next time. Brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.